work is a volunteer activity. Like we're not yeah. like back in, you know, Pharaoh in Egypt and you were my slave and go do this. No, it's better for an employer to think of a team member as a paid volunteer than yeah. like some kind of like, I hired you and I own you. You don't own them. They could go right. work anywhere else. So managers have to see themselves as coaches if they want to be effective. And, and so if you're the leader of an organization and you have managers that are like are drill sergeants, your work could be so much more effective if you have managers that are coaches. Welcome to the Growability Podcast, where we equip leaders and entrepreneurs to grow scalable, effective, and generous organizations. I am your co-host, Bernie Anderson, along with the founder of Growability, Joshua McLeod. Joshua, what is our topic for today? Bernie, today we are going to talk about the sixth step in the Growability model, equipping managers, those tools that every manager needs to build an organization that's healthy and has a really good culture. The sixth step of the growability model is really just an extension of step three, right? Empowering teamwork. We're just taking this to the next level. Is, isn't that true? Yeah. I mean, a- any manager, it's sort of a foregone conclusion that you have a really good understanding of differences in personality and differences in strengths. But now there's the toolkits to actually implement management, to actually build that culture. And what are the tools that you need as a leader and a manager to actually help everybody on your team. Yeah, that's right. So go back and listen to the two podcasts ago, so episode 64 or whatever it was. So exactly. um, that's uh, that's really important. So Joshua, just for consistency here over the last several weeks, we've been going over each of the growability steps. Yes. And each step has a series of tools that go with it to help implement that step well. What are the tools that are in the Equip Manager Toolkit? Yeah, so there are seven steps in the Equip Manager's Toolkit. The first is the org chart and Rossi model. The second is job descriptions. The third, standard operating procedures. Fourth, we have team appreciation. Fifth, team hiccups and landmines. Sixth, we have the team attitude and aptitude assessment. And then finally, there is the team member self-review. So those are the seven tools that are in step six in the Growability Toolkit. Cool. That sounds super comprehensive. So, well, let's just start with the first fundamental for managing teams and building culture. What, what, talk to us about that. What, one of the best analogies that I've ever heard about understanding the differences with how particular leaders are wired or particular team members are wired is this analogy. The Romans invented a kind of ship that was pretty incredible. And this ship not only had a sail and a boat, but it also had oars so that if there was no wind, you could just kind of keep rowing and keep that vessel moving forward. Using this analogy of a galley is a good way to think through the different team members that are in any organization. Most of the time, the CEO is like a big sail. And so they are the one with the vision, they get the idea, they spread their sail out and then catch the wind of how are we going to move into the future? You know, where are we going to, to go? The problem with a sail that isn't connected to a boat is it will just flop all over the place. And like there's an <laughs> right. idea, there's a new idea and well, we're going to go this way. We're going to go this way. And, and if you've ever been in an organization where the leader is just like a big sail and there's no balance, 
then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, what, what every sail needs is every sail needs that boat. And that boat is kind of more of a stabilizing force. They understand the vision. They're connected to the vision. But they're not having to, like, catch the wind and, like, move forward. They're just like, hey, let's stabilize this whole thing. Let's make sure that we're profitable and we're productive and things are just, you know, in, in good shape. And then you have certain types of people that are like, you know what? I don't need any vision. I don't really care where, where we're going to go. Just put me in. I'm ready to work. These are like the oars. These are people that are just, <laughs> I'm ready to row. Look, I don't need wind. I can work. <laughs> so let's right. like, let's get the job done. If we get the job done, then everybody can, can be happy. Managers are like that boat. They connect everything together. And if your organization doesn't have really good management that's connecting this vision and production, then your organization uh, is really going to suffer. So the first mm -hmm. thing that we do when we work with an organization in management is we take a look at the org chart and make sure that there's the right person doing the right role. So the CEO, are they setting the key priorities and goals? Okay, the COO, are they converting those goals into steps and tasks? Okay, right. the, the CFO, are they making sure that as an organization we're minimizing costs and maximizing process, uh, profits? Mm -hmm. Okay, the CMO, are we building culture in our organization and then are we communicating our culture out in the marketplace? And then you have the different manager roles for each division of your organization. That's the first thing is having a really strong organizational chart. And so we have templates for how to build an org chart and, and how to you know, make sure that somebody is in each of those roles. The second tool that's in this uh, first step is called a Rossi model. And one of the most important things that you can do with every task at your organization is make sure that you're covering this acronym R-A-S-I. The R is who's responsible for that task. Okay, reconciling the monthly accounts. Who's responsible? Coming up with a marketing strategy. Who's responsible? Setting quarter three goals. Who's responsible? That's the R. But then the A is who are they accountable to? Well, I might be accountable to the CEO, or I might be accountable to the COO, or the I might be accountable to the shareholders or the board, or I might be accountable to my manager or my team leader. The S is the support team. Well, I'm supposed to come up with quarterly goals. Who's going to support me in that role? Well, I, I'm the CEO. I've got to come up with quarterly goals, but I need the CFO to feed into that. I need the COO to feed into that. I've got different team members. And then the I is who gets informed. So the first step is to make sure that for every, every single facet of your organization, somebody's responsible they're accountable to somebody. There's the support team for that role. And then the, the people who need to get informed do get informed. If this one step was fixed at most organizations, it would fix so many problems. It, it fixes the problem when everybody's standing around, the thing didn't get done, and we're like, well, who was supposed to do it? <laughs> if yeah, you can figure right. that out on the front end, you never run into that pointing of fingers. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Well, what? Okay. We're, we, we're going to get people in the right roles. What's the second fundamental for great management? So Bernie, do you know what one of NASA's biggest failures was? I, I do not. So NASA in 1999, they sent out this 
Mars orbiter to like fly around Mars and get all of this great information about the surface and just take great pictures of Mars. And like this, this satellite was going to go out and it was going to circle around Mars. Do you know what happened? It crashed mm-hmm. into Mars and blew up. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Yeah. And the reason why is because the navigators and the engineers were using different number numerical metrics. The engineers hmm. were using the metric standard and the oh, navigators no. were using the English standard. So instead of being on the exact same page with the numbers, there hmm. was a variance and it caused a $125 million fail. What's interesting about this is that they were actually using the same language. It's just they meant a different thing with the language that they were using. Right. Right. And so often in work, this is what's happening. We're all speaking the same language. We're speaking English or Spanish or you know Swahili or whatever we're speaking <laughs> for our right. job. But what I think you mean and what you think you mean are completely different things. The way that you get on the exact same page about what your role is and how important it is for the organization is to have a very clear job description. And most organizations and most managers are are not equipped to give each team member a really good job description. So the second tool in step six for equipping managers is to create really good job descriptions. And so we'll put on the job description things like from a pay standpoint, what's your base? What are your benefits? What are the bonuses? Okay. From a job activity, what are the tasks? What, how much time should they take? What teamwork requirements do you have? Okay. Well, what about reporting? Mm -hmm. You know, what are the results that we expect? What are the responsibilities? How often should you report? Things like that. Having a clear job description is a critical tool to make everybody know what it is that they're supposed to do. What, what should I do to make sure that I'm performing my job, but also make sure that you don't crash into Mars and have like a really right. bad situation from miscommunication? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Joshua, it's, it's interesting to me because in one sense, this seems almost like a super basic thing, right? Like you should have good job descriptions. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That's, how do your people not know? So let me ask you this question. Why do so many organizations not have good job descriptions? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I actually I was looking at this earlier today and I, I couldn't come up with really good reasons where why why don't business owners and managers create job descriptions? So I was asking Chat GPT to give me some really bad excuses for why managers don't have good job descriptions. And it came out with some really funny things. So check this out. Potentially why you may not have good job descriptions. Because if the manager keeps the job description secret, they can maintain an air of mystery. Okay. Okay. Managers are afraid of losing the wonderful motivators of chaos and confusion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Organizations don't have job descriptions because it's probably better to just let people choose whatever they want to do at work. The best results happen when you aim at absolutely nothing. Everybody's happy, right? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And finally, uh, the reason why businesses don't have job description is It's important that every team member learns to read minds. 
because wouldn't that be really helpful in life? <laughs> so, you know, Chat GPT, maybe. Yeah, yeah, good answer. It, it good comes answer. up some good answers. So, but really, you know, joking aside, there's there's two reasons why organizations don't have clear job descriptions. One is it's a tedious process. It's mm. kind of it takes a lot of thought and a lot of time to create a really good job description. The second thing is, is most job description templates that are out on the internet are fundamentally useless. So the, it took us a, a good long time at GrowAbility to create a job description template that isn't wasting your time, but that covers all of the bases. So I think one is the templates are bad, but the other is it does take some work. And so yeah. just kind of get over it and, and just do it, create job descriptions. It's, it's worth the work. It's worth the work. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Joshua. So what's the third fundamental to equip managers and build a healthy work culture? Yeah, so the third fundamental for creating uh, really healthy work cultures and equipping your team and being a good manager is to create what are called standard operating procedures. My wife is one of these people who they she doesn't use a recipe to cook. She just puts a little here and adds a little there and tastes it. And it's like, oh, this is good. Even if she doesn't even taste it, she just knows, well, this is going to work or this is not going to work. Right. Bernie, if I cook anything and I don't have a recipe, it's not going to work. It is going to be just <laughs> the worst tasting, horrible right. thing. <laughs> when you run an organization, one of the most important things that you can do, particularly as a manager, is not only discover how to make something work, but how to make it work in the most efficient and effective way that there is. There really is, in organizational management, a best way to do something. You, you wouldn't want to get in a plane that doesn't have a standard operating procedure of checking all of the boxes to make sure that this thing is going to fly safely. And really, nobody wants to go to the business where you get something different every time. You know, if I go to the fast food shop and I, and I get a great hamburger one day and then I come back a, a couple weeks later and it tastes completely different, I'm really worried about like what's going on with the food here. So Sorry. customers need consistency if they're going to consistently purchase your product or service. Well, the only way that you can create consistency in your organization is to have a consistent way that you do what you do. Standard operating procedures are the way that you create efficiency in your organization. Mm -hmm. Startup organizations think that the money for organization comes from profit margin. We charge a lot for this thing. And so there's enough profit to like make money. Profit margin doesn't make as much money in any organization as efficiency. Mm. As organizations right. grow and they scale, it's not just what you do, but it's how you do what you do that right. allows you to create profit. Standard operating systems allow the most effective member on your team to show the way to everybody else on the team for here's the best way of doing this. I don't cook as well as my wife. I need a lot of help. I need a recipe. If you have a team member that can cook great, can create that recipe, then everybody on the organization can get, um, can get help. So the, the, the third step is to make sure the organization has really clear standard operating procedures. Yeah. And Joshua, I would just add add one more thing about standard operating procedures is that they ultimately will create culture in your organization. That's right. 
this isn't just to get stuff done quickly and efficiently. Yes, but it also is to get stuff done the way we do things so that we can better serve our customer and and stand out amongst our our competition. Yeah, that's exactly right. It, we may choose inefficiency for a better yeah. end product. You know, if if I, if I go and this this roast was slow roasted for two days to get the perfect flavor, well, that's going to show in the end product. It's not just about faster or quicker or things like that, but it is about the best way to create our Mm -hmm. product in a way that is reliable and consistent. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So, well, Josh, what's the fourth fundamental for equipping managers? Bernie, the fourth fundamental for equipping managers is give them tools about appreciation for their team. Hmm. Everybody experiences love in a different way. You know, there's a great book, The Five Love Languages, that talks about, you know, some people feel appreciated if they get a gift. Some people feel appreciated if they get a hug. Some people feel appreciated if they get words of affirmation. And so people feel appreciation different ways. If we're not careful, we assume that the way that we feel appreciated is the same way that everybody else on my team feels appreciated. So I love receiving gifts, so my team member's going to love receiving gifts. But it may be that when they were growing up, every time they were given a gift, they were also given a chore. You know, here's a cookie, honey. Go you know, wash the ba- the, clean the bathroom or, or whatever. <laughs> right. you know? So we have a process where we give the managers a series of questions to have in three different interviews where you meet for three different kind of sessions with each team member to find out what really makes them tick. What, how do they feel appreciated? What's their story? Things like this. And so when you have that, it really is, it goes a long way to making sure that you're helping your team member achieve their best you know, potential for their life, but also that you are able to work with this team member in an understanding way, you know, to to actually enjoy the work that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's so interesting to me, Joshua, how so often in organizations where people are working together, they're working side by side every day, all day long. And, and, and I mean, it's, it's, we can do that and work together for years and in sometimes decades without actually getting to know them at any kind of deep level, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's really sad. So, I mean, to me, what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is that uh, it really should be the job of managers to make sure that teams aren't just like, like, Hey, we get along and that's great doing things kind of surfacely, but, but actually working to have teams work more deeply together and understand each other in a more human way. Yeah, some some of the most important facets of work can be described as well duh. <laughs> right. And healthy relationships with the people that you're going to spend the majority of your life with is like well duh. But yeah. but business leaders and managers they they don't put as much work into the relational aspect as they do the performance. Hey, you are checking all the boxes. You are good. Well, maybe there's a reason why they're not checking the boxes. Maybe if you make a slight adjustment, they can check three times the amount of boxes. But if we don't put in the relational exercise necessary to have healthy and good relationships, then work isn't that fun. And we're never really able to help our organization reach its full potential because we're not helping the people in the organization reach their full potential. When you do both of those things, 
life is good and work is good. So yeah, yeah. it's really important. Yeah. Okay. So what is the fifth fundamental? So the fifth fundamental is creating a log for what we call hiccups and landmines. We try to train every manager that there's a difference between a hiccup and a landmine. A hiccup is something that really just impacts that one individual and maybe just that individual and you. A landmine is something that doesn't only hurt that individual, but it actually hurts other people in the organization or it hurts the customer. Or it hurts like something in the process. So, for example, Sally showed up five minutes late for work. Well, that's a hiccup. She had traffic. Something happened. Now, a landmine, Sally showed up late for work every day this week. Okay, well, now this is a behavior that is saying to the organization, to the team members, like, it's okay to show up late. So then Sally starts showing up 10 minutes late and then 30 minutes late and soon Sally doesn't show up to work and it's just no big deal. What we recommend for all of the managers uh, in this toolkit is, hey, I'm going to keep track of these are the hiccups that happen and then these are the landmine that happen. If it's not a pattern, then I don't need to address it immediately. If it is a pattern, then I do need to address address it immediately. Hands on when people need it, but hands off when people are being people. If, if you know, people make work interesting and they make work interesting. So don't, don't mess with people. <laughs> so so we're, we're talking about managers who are not going to be big brother, you know, with cameras throughout the whole place, writing down everything that up, oh, you, you scratch your nose there, like up, oh, up, oh, you did that, you know, so that's, that's not what we're talking about here. No, that's exactly right. And, and, and really, frankly, Anybody who is a control freak should not be a manager. They shouldn't be put in, in management positions. It's going to ruin their life, and it's going to ruin the lives of everybody in the organization. Like, if you have control issues, you, you can't really help people by poking them, pushing them down all the time. You, yeah, you, can, you have right. to help people by getting underneath them and, and lifting them up. At the same time, one of the keys of any organizational management is, is you can't improve what you do not measure. And so if I'm not measuring hiccups and landmines, then I don't really, I won't be able to keep track of what's actually happening, happening in my organization. So it is important that I, I record and note uh, in a notebook or a journal or, or some kind of tool, hey, here's the appreciation that I showed this team member. Here's some hiccups with this team member. Here's some landmines with this team member. And then you know that when you look at data over a year, well, now I can I have something that I can say, hey, this is a behavior or this is just a one-off. It's no big deal. But I can be a good manager without yeah. being all over somebody. There's a proverb that says, know well the condition of your flocks. Like, hey, yeah. I need to make sure that I'm looking at all the sheep and uh, checking off the boxes. Not not because I want to like beat the sheep, <laughs> but because I want to serve <laughs> right. the sheep, you know, and, right. and I'm just a that's sheep right. myself. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so good. So good. Okay. So Joshua, what is the sixth step in equipping managers to create healthy culture? Bernie, the sixth step in, and really the sixth tool that managers should use to serve their team is a quarterly Aptitude and Attitude Assessment. There's okay. a great book that we're a fan at, of a growability called Radical Candor. And Kim Scott says you can kind of boil down management or, or helping people in an organization with their attitude or their aptitude. 
So if there's mm-hmm. going to be a problem or a challenge in your organization, it's either going to be an attitude problem, I have a bad attitude, or an aptitude problem. I don't have enough skill to actually do this thing. Managing is hard. It's yeah. hard to help people and serve people and and be a good leader. So one of the th- simplest things that you can do at any given time is just take an assessment and say, okay, let me just look across my team here and just say, okay, attitude and aptitude. Do we have a hmm. good attitude or a, a bad attitude? Okay. Do we have good skill in what they're assigned to do or bad skill in what they're assigned to do? And and that's a great starting point. Now I have a starting point and I know what I can work on and, and you know move forward with. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually really, really love this chart. Like, I, I think it's a, such a useful tool. So, like, if a team member is lacking in attitude and aptitude or even attitude or aptitude, you need to make some changes in your organization. You need to make some changes with that team member needs to make some changes. And, and you can kind of help them along and attitude, aptitude makes sense. Yeah. What happens if you have a team member who is doing fantastically at both? Yeah. What do you do then? Yeah, that's a really good problem. <laughs> uh, and actually, yeah. uh, Kim, Kim Scott in this book, Radical Candor, she talks about that as well. In any organization, people are either wired to be, she uses the analogy of like a rock band. So there's superstars and then there's rock stars. So superstars okay. are like the lead singer that's out there, you know, screaming into the mic. And then there's the drummer. That's just the rock star. They show up, they're on stage, but all they do is they just kind of keep the drum superstars are driven by growth and you know taking something to the next level they really want to achieve the fullest potential of where they can go rock stars mm-hmm. are just driven by doing a good job i want to make sure that the show was good i hit my beat I, I kept the job going so if they have a good attitude and a great skill and it's a superstar well i want to nudge them towards the challenge hey what if we could do this if they have a good attitude and good aptitude and they're a rock star, then I just want to say, hey, here's the production target. It, see if you can hit the drum 50 times and, and then we're all, all this well. So um, it does start with that assessment. So I look at my team each quarter and I'm like, okay, let's do an attitude and aptitude assessment. Make sure that we're in, yeah. we're in good shape. Yeah, yeah, so good. We have one more step. What's the final step? Bernie, the final step, and this is really a maturity. This is like when an organization has this, I get excited about that organization. The final step in the Equip Manager's Toolkit is a quarterly team member self-review. So in this process, the team members, instead of the manager just reviewing the team members and kind of pointing at them, the team members are reviewing themselves. Hmm. You know, let's face it, the end of year review the way that most businesses do reviews are completely useless. So the right. team member gets their end of year review and then the manager's like, hey, we need to work on timeliness and we need to work on your attitude and we need to work on this. And the team member is sitting there going, am I getting a raise? Am I not getting a raise? Exactly. Am I getting a raise? And, and anything <laughs> yeah, you say right. negative, you're like, hey, you really need to work on this. They're like, yeah, I yeah. really need to work on that. You're so right. I'm going to work on it. But there's no real change. It's just about a raise or not. What I've discovered is it, it, it's not really that impactful. It doesn't really help people very much. However, if you have a team member self-review that happens every quarter and the team members are assessing their own abilities and their own behavior, then the manager gets into a role more of a coach than kind of like a drill sergeant. And mm-hmm. when people are being coached, 
they're a lot more honest with themselves. They're not on the defensive. They're, they're not like just trying to defend all their actions, behaviors. They're actually, there's a little self-reflection there because they're looking at, well, here's what I think. This is where I could probably improve. This is where I feel like I'm doing pretty good. And so if there's a variance there, if a team member thinks they're doing pretty good and the manager thinks they're doing pretty bad, it's better for the team member to be the one bringing up where they're at. And now mm. this is where all of this stuff works together. At that point, the manager better have a good list of hiccups and landmines. So if the team member says, oh, I'm doing really good, and the manager has like 52 hiccups and landmines, then they're like, well, I think we probably can look at this objectively. And then that team member's like, yeah, I guess you're right. I never really thought about that. If they don't take any notes, then they're like, well, give me an example. And the leader's like, I I can't think of one. Uh, off. You were late one time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. so what we've developed at GrowAbility is we have kind of this, uh, we use the, of course, we use an acronym so that there's a P-A-R-T, doing your part, quarterly team self-review. And the P stands for performance. And there's criteria for the performance of your job. The A is attitude. The R is reliability. And then the T is teamwork. So every one of your team members is reviewing their own behavior in performance, attitude, reliability, and teamwork. So that's the final step. Yeah. yeah, you know, and what's so great about team member self-reviews, Joshua, is the that they're empowering. This actually helps us to be honest with ourselves and makes us better at what we do as yeah. opposed to, you know, being on the defensive and, and hoping for a raise. It, it really actually helps performance, right? Yeah, people, work is a volunteer activity. Like, we're not yeah. like back in, you know, Pharaoh in Egypt and you were my slave and go do this. No, it's better for an employer to think of a team member as a paid volunteer than yeah. like some kind of like, I hired you and I own you. You don't own them. They could go right. work anywhere else. So managers have to see themselves as coaches if they want to be effective. And, and so if you're the leader of an organization and you have managers that are like are drill sergeants, your work could be so much more effective if you have managers that are coaches. And if you have people that are kind of like cowering under the, you know, the manager's always cracking the whip so that I do my job, oh, golly, that that team member could go five times, a hundred times farther if they just get some empowerment, get some good feedback, and actually build, you know, a self-review as opposed to just getting, you know, judged (laughs) uh, by the review, yeah. It's correct. Right. Managers should be more coaches if they want to be effective. That's 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 the takeaway here. Yeah. Be a, be if you're a manager, be a coach. If you want to be effective, be a coach. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's so important. So, hey, Joshua, that's all we actually have time for today. So, do you have any closing remarks, closing thoughts? Bernie, if you manage people, please check out growability.com and just look at some of our tools for teamwork and look at some of our tools for management. I I think some of the best managers are reformed managers who were bad managers who thought it was their job not not to equip everybody else but to keep everybody in line. Being a good manager is something that takes some work. You, you have to work at it, but it's worth the effort. You know, one of our favorite phrases that grow ability as our fruit grows up on other people's trees. And when That's you right. when you're a good manager, you get to celebrate the growth that people have in their own lives. Uh, and that what a worthy endeavor. It's totally worth it. So check out growability.com for any management training, management tools. And if you're a CEO, send your managers to growability.com so that they can get trained and, and do a better job at work. 
Yeah, so good. Well, with that, we want to remind everyone that you are doing better than you think and you have more potential than you know. Thank you for growing with GrowAbility. Uh, please be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and to our YouTube channel and share this with the people you really like. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs>